Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radio Free Menga, episode 8, for June 16, 2013. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a touchy subject, but instead of just complaining about it, I will actually offer a solution. Yes, I will. And one which you could do. Yes, you can. Okay. We'll just dive right into this. The music scene is dead. I'll tell you exactly why it's dead. It's for the reason that Gene Simmons said, fans killed it. And before you get all uh, ticked off at me, hear me out. Because I don't like the way Gene said it, so I'm going to say it a little more civilized manner. Actually, not so much civilized. I will just explain it better. We'll have to rewind the clock back to the late 1990s because that's where the beginning of the end started. So, prior to 1999, which is when everything started to go downhill in the music industry, it was a bad time to be a music lover for two reasons. One, the primary means of getting new music was by CD, as in compact disc. And they were ridiculously priced. It was not uncommon for newly released music to spend between 16 to $22. Think about that for a moment. 16 to $22 in 1990s money for a newly released CD album for your favorite artist. It did not matter what kind of genre it was. It could have been anywhere from Garth Brooks to Megadeth you were going to spend between 16 to $22 for that damned disc. And going to a show, no different. Ticket prices were ridiculously high. As a matter of fact, they were so ridiculously high that bands like Pearl Jam openly started bitching at companies like Ticketmaster for gouging the prices. And yeah, there were... Uh, it was tough times. It was insanely high cost to get into a show. It was insanely high cost to buy CDs. And uh, that was the, the 1990s was the last era of bands ever being able to make money off this stuff. And then this thing called Internet happened. In a particular, Napster, 1999. Now, some of you that listen to this are probably too young to remember Napster, so I'll explain it to you in brief. Napster was both a website and a what was called a, and still is, called a peer-to-peer file-sharing client. What it allowed people to do is share any file that they wanted over the network. Now, in Napster's network situation, they primarily traded audio files, in particular the MP3 audio music format. This is what happened. When people found out that they could download all their favorite music for free, especially considering... Uh, you know, how high in cost CDs were. Oh, they jumped on that. I did too. I downloaded tons of music, and so did everyone else. And then the music industry in 1999, this it, it happened almost overnight. They saw a sharp decline in record sales. Like, bam, it just happened. So they went nuts. 
uh, Metallica, and they're still hated to this day by a lot of people. There was a song, a very crappy song, mind you. This is not one of their best songs called I Disappear. Remember that piece of shit? Okay. So anyway, this thing was released on Napster, and they went freaking nuts. So they and Madonna and Dr. Dre and the RIAA and A&M Records and all these other guys decided to sue Napster. Not only sue Napster, but then the RIAA or whatever organization it was decided to go after college students and find them for trading music files. Oh yeah, it really happened. I think there was one instance where some college kid had $18,000 in his checking account, so when they went to go sue the kid, they found out how much he had in his checking account and sued him for exactly that amount, and you know what? They got it. I think it was eighteen thousand dollars, if I remember correctly. So, and I don't even know if he ever finished college. That was probably for his college tuition. Gone. Too bad. So sad. Yeah, sucked. But that was the start of things to come. So, if you look at record sales, nineteen ninety nine to present, it's been dropping like a brick. No one pays for music anymore. Nobody. And this did, in fact, contribute to making the music scene as dead as it is today. It is. Music scene is totally, absolutely dead. Because there's no way to sell your music anymore. Well, that's not true. There are many ways to sell your music. No one is going to buy it. And anyone that says, oh, well, fans will give you money if they think you're good, bullshit. No, they won't. No. Anyone outside of your close circle of friends, family, whatever, they're not going to pay you. And if they do pay you, it's going to be damned little. The days of getting those huge record contracts, oh, my God, they're gone. Absolutely freaking gone. And no band wants to put forth the effort anymore because they know it's not worth it. They're not going to get paid. And what's even worse, and this is very true in Tampa Bay, is that you have all these old, crusty bastards which are age 45 and up that have these little crappy bar bands that play these crappy gigs and play nothing but crusty old hits of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And to them, time stopped in the 90s. And they play this crap, and they are horrible. These bands are terrible. They're bad. They're just... Oh. I was in two of them. I know. Oh, and the last one I was in actually kicked me out. Want to know why? Because I was too good. I'm not saying that to be conceited. You've seen my videos, you've heard my music, you know what I'm capable of as a guitar player. I'm not, seriously, not being conceited there. I was kicked out of the band because the other guitar player, I embarrassed him. Big time. He would come at me and say something like, I've been playing this song the same way for 20 years, I'm like, you're doing it wrong. You ever know people like that? You know, old guys... And I'm 38, so I'm not exactly young, but I'm not middle-aged either. And those, this guy was like in his mid-40s. And it's like, okay, yeah, you've been playing the same song wrong for 20 straight years. Congratulations, you're a fucking idiot. Moron. And I know I have older listeners that listen to my podcast. I am not talking about you specifically, so please don't get all huffy about that. 
if you live in Tampa Bay, or as a matter of fact, anywhere, anywhere in Florida, you know how bad the bands are here. They are terrible. Oh, they're so awful. And I know it's not just limited to Tampa Bay. I know it's not. They're awful everywhere in this state. And you know what? They're awful almost everywhere else in the country, too. So that is what's left of the music scene, is old guys playing crusty old songs, doing a shitty job, and loving it. Oh, and they also uh, make damn sure not to let any new bands into the area, because they want to protect their little territories. Oh, yes, they do. They absolutely do not want to lose their little shitty bar gigs. No, they want to keep those crappy sports bar gigs forever. Or until they're unable to stop, uh, excuse me, until they uh, can't play anymore. Due to arthritis, probably. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. So, dead music scene. What does that mean to you? The person who wants to actually make money making music and playing music. Well, there is a solution to this. And I will give you these solutions. You can do it two ways. You can do it as a cover band properly. Or you can do it as an original band. The cover band is the easier way to do it, and the original is the more difficult way to do it, but not impossible. Now, before I tell you those those two ways, I'm going to say something straight up front. There is no such thing as reviving a dead scene. When a scene is dead, it is dead for life. And I'll tell you exactly why. What makes a music scene is never the music but the people. Scene is, the community is what dictates what, uh, how alive or dead a scene is. And when these people get older, the scene dies. And if there's no second generation in that scene, it's dead. Because those people are old now. And they're not the movers and shakers anymore because they got older and got mortgages and car payments and rent payments and have to go on medication and have to get medical insurance and their bodies start falling apart and they're not the young, wild, adventurous people that they used to be. People who are older do not create scenes, nor do they sustain them for the reasons I just stated. It is young people that move music scenes and moreover, can create them. Although, older people can create them too. I could. And I might. So, with that said, here are the two ways of doing it. As far as how is it... Excuse me. Now, how is it? How does one uh, make it as a band? Okay. I'll start with the cover band first. Here is an example situation that any band can do, regardless of age although you do have to be at least age 21 for it to be able to be legally able to drink alcohol. So that that's basically the only requirement. So, okay. Here is an example of a cover band that anyone can do that would actually work out pretty well. Let's just say you were going to be a biker band, whether you ride a motorcycle or not, and you play all the classic songs that bikers like such as Led Zeppelin, <clears throat> excuse me, ACDC, what's that thing, um, I can't think of it. The guy who's saying, take a walk on the wild side, that <clears throat> Steppenwolf, George Thorogood, 
stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about. This is Easy Top, of course. Leonard Skinner, as lame as that is, but yeah. Basically, anything a biker would listen to. Oh, Metallica, you got to throw that in there, too. Guns N' Roses, there's another one. Okay, so you get the idea. Now, if you put together a band, which is a biker band that plays biker songs, and you dress the part, so you actually have an act... Because it's, it's not enough just to be four guys on stage. you got to have an act. And an example of an act is like the way ZZ Top does it. They have a stage which is dressed in chrome, and they do little simple dance moves. That's an act. It's a simple one, but it's an act. So you don't have to be, like, masterful dancers or anything. You just have to actually not be a boring piece of shit when you're not on stage. Okay, so you have an act, and you're a biker band. Then the next thing you do is instead of playing crappy sports bar gigs, you go and you seek out every single biker event that there is in your local area. In the state of Florida, particularly in Tampa Bay or actually anywhere in the state of Florida, there are biker events all the time. Probably once a month. There are small ones, big ones, whatever. So if you are the biker band, you just have to find out where these are, call the people, and start playing those. And yeah, it's that simple. You just have to routinely play them all the time. And you have to have a cool name that goes along with the band that sounds like something that would be a biker band. Like, uh, if I was going to name one, I would name it after myself and then a, an explosive, like Rich in the M80s. Yeah. Or uh, I actually, uh, I would add something else to my name, like Speedy Rich and the M80s, and uh, that's a memorable name. That's another thing, Florida bands, they have the shittiest names. But anyway, that's a name you could remember. So, And that is the cover band way of doing it, and you have to get into a niche, play a specific type of music, and specifically seek out venues that are accommodating to your type of music. Biker band is an easy one to do. At least in Florida it is, because there are biker events happening all the time. Oh, and classic car shows. So, because bikers always go to those too, because they like their old Camaros and Dodge Challengers and Plymouth Road Runners and whatever other, uh, Ford Mustang, whatever other car you want to throw in there. And so, you got two then. You got the biker events and you've got the classic car events and you've got uh, if there's any local monster truck rallies or mutters or whatever, you can play those. So you can see where I'm going with this. You go niche. And you'll find that you can get a lot of gigs and a pretty good amount of coin, as in cash, in a pretty very short period of time once you concentrate on actually going niche, getting an act together, having that classic set it's way better than any of those shitty bar gigs. Don't ever play sports bars. Oh, those places are such dives. Even the upper class ones. They're just... God, they're horrible places. Okay, now the original band. Now this one is a little tougher. And this one has to go by the old saying, you have to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. That definitely applies here. I'm going to say this up front. If you are not willing, either by yourself or between four band members to spend at least a $1,000 on just advertising, don't even bother doing this. I'm not kidding. 
Now, in order for any band to stick out from the crowd, first of all, don't try to go national. Go regional. In the United States, that would mean, for example, the, uh, the, the, the best band in the county, possibly the best band in the state, or to be something, depending on where you are in the country, like the best band in the tri-state area. So if you wanted to say, we are the best band, the best rock band in the tri-state area, that's what I mean by regional. If you try to go national, you will fail. It's not going to work. Because you can't afford it. You can afford to advertise local. But you can't afford to advertise national. Or at least not without spending all your money and ending up with nothing. So, the same as with the cover band, you have to put together an act. It has to be something. It has to be entertaining. Think of it this way. Stop being a musician and start being an entertainer. Think like an entertainer would. Don't think like a musician. Don't play for other guitar players. Don't play for those people at Guitar Center. Don't do that. Your primary mission is to entertain the people. Always remember that. Entertain the people by any means necessary. Which means dopey things like light up guitars and setting symbols on fire and, uh, doing backflips and doing dance. It all works. It all works. It does. You have to have an act. Just like you did in the, uh, cover band scenario, you have to have one in the original band scenario. Now as far as, okay, what gigs do you play? Okay, now here is something which is the exact opposite of what everyone thinks. Pay to play. Now, everyone, most people that listen to this would think, I am not doing that. Well, you better. Start thinking about it because you're going to have to. Because it eventually will turn around. Because it's like I said, I think I said this a moment ago, uh, you have to spend money to make money. So, if there is a local venue near you, and there must be at least one, that routinely has a high, uh, has a, a good capacity audience, not us, not audience, um, has room in it to fit a lot of people, basically, so you could fill like a couple hundred people in there. If not, okay, at least 75, 100 people, you know, somewhere with some size to it, right? So you pay them to play there. Pay them a hundred bucks. Pay them whatever. Well, don't pay them too much. <laughs> Not too much. Just enough to say, okay, can we reserve this gig for this time if we pay you? And the owner should say, oh, sure. Oh, most bands come in here wanting to be paid. Oh, you'll pay me? Sure. So you get the reserve spot. Then the rest of your budget, advertising, local advertising by any means necessary local flyers and I don't mean flyers you staple on the phone poles that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about actual print advertising get some print advertising as dead as radio may be believe it or not a lot of people listen to radio still because remember these days the people that are especially in my generation are now the parents so you can you're advertising to the parents basically to say okay hey you want something for your kids to go to or you want to relive those old days as such and such 
you want or don't want to say old days you, you want a cool rock band you want to see a cool rock show come to such and such gig on this day this time and you have to have this advertising go into effect like not two weeks well you have to use your own best judgment you have to give some people some lead time so at bare minimum you have to start advertising a week before the gig happens your goal simply put is to fill that house whatever house you play in i'm not talking like a real house i mean like you know a, a playhouse as in like a theater or a, a, a large venue somewhere we can fit like 100 200 people a hall. Okay, yeah, there you go. So you can rent a hall, whatever. You have to, your goal is to fill that house in whatever way possible. And yeah, you will have to pay to do it. But see, here's the thing. Now, actually, I said before you probably have to spend a thousand dollars to do this. Maybe not. Maybe you're, you will be able to get away with this for as little as five hundred, maybe even a little less. But the more you spend, the more people will show up. You want to just get every single freaking person in there. You want to fill that place to the roof. And you better put on a damn good show when you do. When you do, guess what? You're the top band in town. That simple? Yeah. That simple. And here's another thing, too. Chances are pretty good... Every single band will want to know you because all of a sudden you came out of nowhere. Now you're the top band in the region because those cheap assholes never even thought of putting any money into their gigs and they're trying to make money when they should have spent some just to get some notoriety. They never bothered. Now, your first few gigs, like for the first four or five, yeah, you'll have to spend money to do it. And it may cost a thousand dollars each time, which if spread across four guys is two hundred and fifty bucks each time you do it. And if you do one gig a month, that's two hundred and fifty dollars a month, which anyone can afford with a part time job. If you have no money Ah, what can I tell you? Don't do it. You'll have to do the money thing. You have to. Some bands try to do that cheesy street team thing, which is nothing more than a way to get fans to pay for, for advertising for free. It doesn't work. If it did work, everyone would do it. So anyway, you really have to make a splash. Now, eventually what will happen is that it will turn around, <clears throat> and then people will start wanting to pay to see you. And you want to get what is arguable. Excuse me. Arguably, the best possible gig, which is the county fair. The county fair has a massive crowd draw, and they pay well for whatever headliner act that they have. And if you're the local hero, believe me, the the uh, event organizer will probably start contacting you because you know how to draw a crowd fast. And all it took was advertising. That's all it took. That and having an act. Now, of course, do you have to be good? Does your music have to be good? Yeah. It has to be designed to be either headbanging or toe-tapping or danceable. You know, it has to be engineered in such a way that uh, stuff people would like. But the important part is your, it's your stuff. And you don't have to... And the great thing about it is when you do gigs like, gigs like this... Man, I keep repeating myself. When you do gigs like this... You don't have to take requests. 
you do anything the hell you want to do your way, which is always the right way. You'll have your act, you'll have your songs, because you paid for the venue and people will file in and whatever, you dictate what happens. You know what? It feels awesome. Is it worth paying for? Yeah. It is worth paying for because the payoff uh, can be pretty tremendous. Should you make the goal of going national? Well, no, to be honest with you. You can probably make a lot more money just staying regional. I'd say just branch out. Maybe If you want to put a, a mile marker on it, I wouldn't branch out beyond a 100-mile radius. You know, nowhere where it's actually not even a 100-mile, like 50-mile. Uh, keep it to where, unless someone pays you to go that 100 miles or more to play, then, okay, well, you go. But if you're the one paying the way, or if you want to make maximize the most money for the gigs you do get paid locally, stay local, stay within under 50 miles, and uh, you will be the local heroes, the local hero band. You will be the top band. You will crush every other band in the area. You will be number one. You will be the big fish in the small pond, as my father used to say, because you actually had the foresight and the brains and intelligence to actually start stop to stop being a musician, start being an entertainer, knowing how to market, knowing how to advertise, paying for your own venues at first, and then having people pay you after. Believe me, you could be top dog in a very short period of time. And guess what? On top of all that, you have probably just created a new scene. And guess who the leaders of the scene are? You are. Pretty cool, huh? Hmm? Yeah. And just throw everything you've ever heard about how to be famous as a musician as an act out the window. Think of it exactly the way that I told you. I told you how to do it the cover band way, and I've told you how to do it the original band way. And you understand now why the cover band thing is a lot cheaper and easier to do? Because you really don't have to spend that much. You just have to seek out proper venues, like the biker example I gave. For the original act, you basically, it's like I said, you have to establish yourself by paying for the venue and doing mass awareness advertising Print and radio is usually the cheapest route to go about it. Do not bother with internet advertising. Don't even go there. Worthless. Absolutely worthless. You, what you need is local engagement. And as dead as people think as print and radio is, when it comes to local engagement, guess what everyone's listening to in the commute to work every morning? They're listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. And guess what they're doing on their lunch breaks? They're reading the paper. Guess what's, uh, you know, people are doing at home? They're reading those flyers. They still are. People say they're dead. They're not. They're really not. So, the only thing that I really can't advise on, because this depends on region, and I already touched on this, is how much lead time should you give before you play the gig? How much, and when should you start your advertising campaign? Should you start it a week in advance, 
two weeks in advance, which may be a bit of a stretch. Should you start it four days before or three days before, that you're going to have to decide. Because this is, think of it this way, a business venture. You are taking some money of yours and spending it on something you believe in, which is your band and your act, your entertainment uh the band, the entertainment thing. Okay, you you are investing in yourself, and you're not going to make any money from it at first. The goal by spending this money is to get known by spreading the word to the people, and then hopefully, if they like you enough, which they should, they will reciprocate, and they will start to seek you out, and they will start to pay to see you afterward, and hopefully, if all goes well, you will start getting contacted by the county fair organizer committees to play there, and the other larger venues, maybe a parade or two, you know, not in your honor, obviously, but, you know, they do have live music there, too. You just have to turn around the way that you think about this, and... Stop thinking of how things used to be on MTV. Stop thinking about how things used to be in the 80s and 90s. That time is long gone and buried. Your choice, if you go that route, is to play those shitty, crappy sports bar gigs, which is two steps away from being a wedding band, which is the worst. Yeah, they get paid a lot, but what a crappy gig that is. Oh, how demeaning. Ugh. Anyway, I hope you learned something. And uh, how long did I go on for this one? Oh, I kept this one short. I kept it, oh, just over a half hour. <laughs> Compared to my last one, which was like 45 minutes long. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, uh, let me know. My name is Rich Menga. You can email me at rich at menga.net. You can visit and read my blog at www.menga.net. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash richmenga. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash richmenga. Thank you for listening to Radio Free Menga. Take it easy. Yeah, I had to walk a mile in a shoe
Play 